Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I'm a recently graduated physician starting my PGY1 year as a psychiatry resident this summer. In this podcast, we discuss whole person health and wellness through an osteopathic lens, holistically addressing the body, mind, and spirit. We also discuss topics important to medical trainees, including pre-med students, medical students, and residents. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. I've had the incredible privilege of helping to deliver 12 babies vaginally and uh, a similar number of C-sections that I served as the first assist on for the surgery, um, helping out the OBGYN surgeon with that procedure. And I have seen countless other patients uh, during their pregnancy throughout my OBGYN rotations, my family medicine rotations, but I am continually just so fascinated with the miracle of giving birth to a human from just a zygote, a single cell. It is so amazing how intricate and complex the process is and how often things occur perfectly. You know, there's a lot of complications that can occur during pregnancy, but it's honestly a miracle that it ever works exactly perfect without without any major complications. So this episode, I want to talk about the placenta and the umbilical cord, because even if you've been pregnant yourself or your partner has been pregnant You probably don't know much about the placenta or the umbilical cord, but these are fascinating structures. I wanted to talk about the function of each of those using some of the knowledge that I've I've learned from medical school. So just as an overview, you probably know this, but the placenta and the umbilical cord, they provide nutrients to the fetus. They play a very important role for the fetus. They serve as the really the connection between the mother and the fetus. As I go through this episode, I will use terms like mother, maternal, a woman, female. I don't mean to exclude any groups of other people who do not identify as a woman or as female who still have the capability of having a child. So I'm going to use um, those terms, but I hope that you just know that, um, of course, it doesn't apply to everyone. And then, of course, that there are people that identify as a woman or female who do not have the capability of having a child. So, the placenta is an interesting organ because 
it helps the transfer of nutrients from the mother to the fetus. So the placenta is not just nutrient delivery, but also gas exchange. This is where you're going to have oxygen and carbon dioxide shuffled back and forth. It also serves a role in protecting the mother from um, different antigens of the child and also protects the child from having having interaction with any bacteria or toxins that come from the mother. The placenta also produces hormones that help to maintain pregnancy and then the umbilical cord serves to connect the placenta with the fetus and it contains a vein that carries oxygenated blood to the fetus and then two arteries that carry the deoxygenated blood from the fetus back to the placenta and to the mom. So the placenta develops, it starts developing around day nine of embryonic development. So it's very, very early. The placenta at its most mature level is is going to weigh a little over a pound and it's going to be about two centimeters almost an inch thick and the diameter so from one side to another across is going to be anywhere from around six to seven and a half inches so the placenta does produce hormones that help to continue the pregnancy it helps mom to adapt to pregnancy to make changes in her own body that make pregnancy um, more adaptable to her and baby hormones produced by the placenta can help fetal development it can help with the circulation of blood around the uterus and eventually the placenta has hormones that will help with labor So one of these, and this is probably the most popular or the most well-known one, is beta-HCG or human chorionic gonadotropin. This is the hormone that's actually measured, measured in pregnancy tests. So this is the first hormone that really spikes early on pregnancy and it can show up in the, in the urine or in the blood. So this is This is why it is used to detect pregnancy because you will otherwise not produce detectable levels of this hormone if you are not pregnant. The placenta is producing this hormone. And this hormone, what it does is really in in the maintenance of pregnancy. So it helps to form and maintain the corpus luteum. And it causes production of estrogen and progesterone. Really, the peak of this hormone is about in the 10th week of pregnancy. And early in pregnancy, you can take multiple measurements of this hormone um, because it tends to double at a predictable rate. So often that is used to to figure out if, if the embryo successfully implanted. Another hormone that the placenta produces is 
corticotropin releasing hormone. This is the stress hormone. And the role that the function of this hormone eventually is going to help um, the fetus with lung maturation through the production of surfactant that is important for proper lung function. So that's much later in the pregnancy. But um, the placenta itself can be involved in producing more of cortisol, that stress hormone. Another hormone produced by the placenta is human placental lactogen, also known as HPL. This is a hormone that will continue to increase until later in pregnancy. It is basically growth hormone for the fetus. So it will stimulate the production of insulin, actually reduces mom's insulin sensitivity. And the effect that that has is to raise glucose levels um, in mom's circulation to provide more energy for the fetus. But unfortunately, because the placenta is basically producing insulin and raising those glucose levels, this is involved in the in causing gestational diabetes which occurs if the body's not able to compensate appropriately. Another hormone produced by the placenta is estrogen. So this is is first produced by the corpus luteum and then from about the starting of, around the 10th week of gestation the placenta takes over with that process of producing estrogen. And estrogen is involved in fetal growth and then also the proliferation of mammary glands in mom for milk production down the road. Progesterone is likewise produced by the corpus luteum and then the placenta takes over around around week 10. Early on in pregnancy, it will help the embryo move along the fallopian tube before implantation. Progesterone production after ovulation causes an increase in basal body temperature, and that's why uh, many women with fertility awareness methods will measure their basal body temperature every month, and they'll see a spike right after ovulation. And progesterone is super important with helping the embryo successfully implant into the uterus, into the endometrium. And it helps maintain early pregnancy. It prevents menstruation from occurring, the actual menses, the bleeding, um, so that the, the endometrium can maintain integrity to be hospitable for, for that embryo to implant and stay attached. Progesterone also closes the cervix. In the second half of the, in the luteal phase, progesterone will close the cervix and increase the thickness of cervical mucus to prevent sperm from entering. And then after delivery, that is when you have a steep decrease in progesterone, which causes the activation of milk production. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. 
If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. Then the umbilical cord. So what what is that? So this is connecting the fetus to the placenta. And this develops at about the third week of embryo development. And it continues to grow throughout pregnancy. And it reaches about 20 to 27 inches long. So it's pretty long. It's probably longer than you really think it is. Also touch on the the amniotic sac. So this is also formed very early in pregnancy and it surrounds the embryo and protects the embryo as it grows into a fetus and and as the as the fetus grows, the amniotic space grows with him or her and it starts to develop in the second week of development. So it's very early, even before the placenta or the umbilical cord. And the amnion is what produces amniotic fluid. There's different layers to the amniotic sac. So it really provides this sac and this fluid that can cushion the fetus. So I mentioned that uh, several of the hormones produced by the placenta cause some adaptations in the maternal body. So I wanted to talk about what some of those changes are. So first of all, the increase of progesterone causes increased cardiac output. So it means that your heart is pumping more blood per minute than it typically is. So that is because there's just more blood being pumped with each heartbeat. And then you also have an elevated heart rate. In some women, this can even cause a heart murmur, but this is completely harmless. And because you just have more blood circulating, this is why women often experience swelling, especially in their legs. And this is why you can also have some varicose veins as well. In addition to your heart working harder. Your kidneys are also working harder. There's um, more blood flow to the kidneys. This is also with the help of progesterone. Because of this, pregnant women may be urinating more frequently. Your lungs are also working harder. There's more oxygen consumption because you have to also send oxygen to baby through the placenta. This is why Many pregnant women can become out of breath. Progesterone can stimulate your brain to tell your lungs to to breathe faster to get more oxygen. And also pregnant women are more likely to take deeper breaths and just move more air each minute. The body of a pregnant woman also has increased vitamin and mineral requirements, which is why it's so important to take a prenatal vitamin. You will have um, especially decreased folate and iron levels because you're using more of that. So those vitamins in particular are very important to make sure that you have a good intake of. There's also many other 
lab values that if you ever have lab work done as a pregnant woman, you want to make sure that your numbers are compared to the normal range of a pregnant woman, not a not the general population. Some of those lab values include the white blood count and alkaline phosphatase especially. And all of this is harmless. It just This is just something that is useful to know that sometimes you'll have numbers in red when you get blood work done, but a lot of times you're still in the normal range. And it's just a change because of pregnancy. Pregnant women encounter decreased gastrointestinal motility. That's why many pregnant women become constipated and many, many pregnant women become bloated. Um, and this is because of the work of progesterone. Uh, your gallbladder is also slowed down, which can lead to more gallstones during pregnancy. Because of the, the constipation mostly, pregnant women are more likely to get hemorrhoids. Also, the, the uterus is is also pressing against a lot of the structures in your pelvis, which can predispose you to hemorrhoids as well. So multiple things working against you. The esophagus, the esophagus muscle tone actually decreases, which um, can cause reflux in some women. And some women also notice an increase in salivation during pregnancy. So, of course, during pregnancy, you're going to have an increase in body weight for anyone with a healthy BMI between 18.5 and 25. You will be projected to gain around 25 to 35 pounds, and that's going to be more if you're underweight and a little bit less if you're overweight or obese. But because of this increased body weight, it shifts your center of gravity and it can cause uh, some strain in your back. So this isn't based off of any hormones. This is just something that happens. Um, because of your fluid retention, you can also be more likely to have carpal tunnel. And just the relaxation of ligaments in your pelvis in general can cause a lot of pain. Pregnant women often experience changes in their skin, like some hyperpigmentation or darkening of some areas of the skin. Uh, you can get a line down the middle of your abdomen called a linea nigra. You can also get darker colors to your nipples. You can get melasma, which is a rash on your face. Progesterone and estrogen cause an increase in in Bartholin gland secretions, which causes an increased amount of vaginal discharge in women while they're pregnant. And of course, these hormones also cause your breasts to increase in size, and many women complain of tender breasts too. So I hope that this episode was interesting and informative. Maybe you're pregnant currently and this helps to explain some of the changes during pregnancy and it's cool to learn about the placenta and the umbilical cord and just the miracle that is occurring in, in the female body. Um, but even if this was just for general interest, 
or maybe you know someone who's currently pregnant, I hope that you learned something from this and just gained an appreciation overall for how amazing anatomy and physiology is and how things just work together to make such a miracle that is producing a baby and giving birth to a baby, which women around the world do on a daily basis, which is incredible. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.